This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 18, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. right this is marvel 616 politics the show that gives you the skinny on everything in the marvel 616 universe uh why things are done and our take on uh the actual course and timelines that are that are going on currently in this uh era this era of the new heroic age so what do you think about that i think that was an excellent introduction don't you? Isn't that? I was working on it, you know? I was thinking, I was feeling like, you know, maybe we should explain what the show the show is about for our new listeners. We, we're always having new listeners. We're probably up to like 3,000 now. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> so how you been, man? I'm great, man. How are you? I am great as well. I was excited to come home and I can do the podcast here at home now instead of uh, at work. Uh, work is completely unsafe for this now because people are roaming the halls at all hours. <laughs> and so what kind of technology are you using at the house? Very, very shaky technology. I, I am equipped with a, a speakerphone handset, an iPhone, and a free piece of software called Audacity. And that's what we're limited to right now. All right. And, and you, sir, what are you using? On my phone. <laughs> yes! Fantastic! <laughs> well, cool. Now, hey. You think this, now I know that when you came up to visit, you gave me some sort of device to plug into my computer. Should I be using that instead? You know, that's that's untested, and it'll probably uh, blow up Ohio, so we don't want to do oh. that. Dude, did you hear about this huge hole in Guatemala? I saw a picture of that. That's like, I just can't even find words for that. Okay, I'm just saying the conspiracy theories are flying off the wall. So, but why don't you fill me in? Oh, I will fill you in. Okay, listen up. No, some people are saying like some. They're saying like it was it was a it was a um a laser from space that drilled this thing out because of how completely circular it is and how the they said the sides of buildings were melted and stuff. I don't know. I haven't really seen a whole lot of pictures and close-up ones, but I do. I mean, it's thirty stories deep. That's crazy. It is crazy. That's how does that happen? Like a sinkhole, you would think like the earth gives way, but not like thirty stories of a giant nuclear silo is no. suddenly gone. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of it. So is that pretty much the only conspiracy theory going on? Is that it's a big laser? No, there's other stuff too, but they're less interesting. Oh. People are tying it into uh, earthquakes all over the world as well. The Harp Array. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Won't go into it right now. WTC7, the World Trade Center 7. They're tying it into that. I saw something today. This is weird. Okay, you know the show X-Files? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, uh, there was a spinoff series. Um called The Lone Gunman because uh, there were some characters named The Lone Gunman in, in, in the X-Files series. And so they dealt with a lot of the tech stuff. The first episode, the pilot episode, it was only on for like 13 episodes, 
um, the pilot episode dealt with somebody who was flying a plane into the World Trade Center and um, a, ter- a, a terrorist attack, uh, but it was America was doing it on for some reason. And um, if you look at the air date of this, it's March 2001, a whole six months right before September 11th happened. It's March 4th is the air date. That's that's so weird. I mean, it could just be a coincidence. I know a lot of people out there think it's not. It could be a coincidence, but I mean, there's no way, there's no chance that a terrorist saw that and said, "Hey, that's a good idea. Let's plan this for six months." I mean, because that was planned for years, I think, right? Yeah, I thought so. Anyway, whatever. That's uh, that's that's the news today. For any of you who want to know what the paranoid side of people are doing nowadays, <laughs> that's what's going on today. The real news of today, though, is Rue McClanahan died. You know who Rue McClanahan is? I, when I heard this, I felt sorry for you. I couldn't pick her out of a lineup, but, I mean, to my detriment, but I know that she was a golden girl, and I know that um, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to do the show today. Man, she is, she's holding on. I mean, she's posting Saturday Night Live. She's uh, now talking about Facebook and stuff. I mean, she's really hip happening with the time. She was in that movie, The Proposal. Oh, yeah, that was really good. I liked that. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was funny. Yeah, so that was the big news. I'm sorry, buddy. Right now it's storming here, so if you, uh, if you, Go in and out. That's probably why. Yeah, I lost you for a couple seconds. Yes. So it's been storming almost every day regularly in the afternoon, which it usually does over the summer. But last year, it didn't over the summer, and it waited till October, which was very late in the season. And we broke records for rainfall in October and in December. Huh. Odd. I know. Interesting. Interesting, to say the least. You know what the other big news is? No, lay it on me. What? Yeah, so uh, we've been going through this whole uh, um, X-Men Second Coming thing, mm-hmm. and this is the first week that no Second Coming book has been released. I wondered about that. You mean this past this past week, uh, what was it, June 26th? Was that it? No, uh, May 26th. No, definitely not. May, May 26th. No, last week a book came out, but today, June 3rd, and nothing came. Oh, June 3rd. Oh, today. Yeah, you're right. What what came out last week? Oh, uh, X-Force, I think. Oh, uh, X-Force 27. You're right. And then uh, X-Men um, Blind Science. Did you read that one? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Did I, you? I stretched my way through that. Okay, look, for a second there. All right, we'll talk a little bit. I was going to ask you this anyway. We'll do a little State of the Union here. <laughs> Yeah, X Force, what, uh, X Men, and X Men Blind Science. Um, I, for a second, I was getting into it. Oh, you were? Yeah, for just a second, because I was like, "Oh man, they're telling exactly what's going to happen in the future," and they're saying, you know, they're tying it in with uh, some Grant Morrison stuff. And this lady, I finally understand who she is and what she did—the Hope vaccine. 
or the Hope Serum, and now that that girl's name is Hope, and now Hope, and I was like, these people are going to meet up with X-Force, and it's set in the stage, and then we could actually have, you know, when X-Force goes to the future, um, it's set in the stage, and we can finally say, okay, this is what the finished product looks like. Now we're going to go back, and we're going to see if we can try to avoid that, and now they have proof of what happens and how Bishop, you know, could possibly be correct and everything. And that, for a split second, I was like, yes, this is finally making sense. I understand why these people are here. They're totally expendable just to get us to this point. I was like, awesome. And then, oh, it was just a hallucination. <laughs> Sorry. And I was like, oh, my goodness, why? I, I was unhappy. Well, I didn't really even care for the hallucination. I was just... I was like, it just sounds stupid to me, like, all that stuff was happening. And then when it finally was a real as a hallucination, I was happy. But then I was like, did I just spend four bucks on this? <laughs> yeah, that's true. This was not worth it. And we all, I mean, none of us, I don't know who out there likes those characters. No, the science team is awful. Who cares? And they kick Beast to the curb. Well, you know, this is what my guess is. You know, they're all out there in the middle of the ocean. By that, surrounded by that big red bubble, maybe they'll all drown. Oh, we should be so lucky. I mean, he, it's hard to breathe with that mask on anyway, so I'm sure water can't get through that thing. Yeah, well, I just don't think they can swim to shore, so got my hopes out. We'll see. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Okay, what about X-Force 27? What do you think about that? Dude, the art was beautiful. Yeah? I it was gorgeous. I mean, the first few pages, I thought maybe I had a misprint. Because there was no text, there was just a bunch of people shooting Nimrods and stuff. So that was kind of that was just kind of took me aback there for a second. But it, I I thought the art was just was gorgeous and Storm actually did something, so that was exciting. <laughs> that was like the highlight for me. Uh, I always think it's a cop out when there's no writing and the artist has to do most of the work. Now I know, I mean, I know an artist has to be able to tell a story sequentially, but if there's no words, it's kind of like, ah, I'm under a deadline and, uh, you know, we have to draw this out. So give me eight pages of nothing and you do the work. I feel like they should fight. I feel like the artist and the writer should fight if that happened. And and then, you know, call them out, throw down the glove and hit them in the face. But then, you know, it started happening. It's like, oh, we got to send them to the future. And... Oh, I, I know we had a disagreement about this on Facebook, but you want to talk about that? How, why that's cool to do it this late in the game? Well, I mean, I guess don't I don't really care about the I didn't really care about the timing. I it was just not something I was expecting to see is like the conundrum that X Force is put in right now. So I'm kind of like that's why I really wanted an issue to come out this week because I I need to know what happens next. I think that. Well, I, I wrote this on Facebook. I don't know if you read it, but I think what would be good is if they left them in the future for the last five issues, and then, you know, they continued their story. Either that or didn't even talk about them for a while, um, which is, you know, what they did with Havoc and Polaris. Who knows what happened with them for a long time, you know? Yeah. But these are main characters that it matters. And then, like, in their books, they would be absent. So, like, Wolverine wouldn't be in the Wolverine title. He wouldn't be in Wolverine Origins, even though that's at a different time. Not way far off, but, you know, he wouldn't be in these, in, in, in every single book or whatever. And then, 
the writers would uh, take advantage of that and say, okay, Wolverine's missing. What's going on in, in Chinatown? What's going on in, in his other periods of life? You know, if he's missing, who's going to step up? What are the ramifications? Who's going to take advantage of the situation in a bad way? And then when they get back, you know, something happens in the future that really matters to that title, but it's a mystery and we have to fill it in. And then they can do some flashbacks to the future. And, uh, you know, he has, they, it develops a whole lot of crap. And I'm just using Wolverine as an example because, you know, that's, he's mainly in a lot more books than anybody else. But, you know, then deal with it, you know, and, and you can't just say, hey, this whole second coming thing happens within two days. And within those two days, we're going to send him to the future and get him back. I, I think it should have lasting effects in a real time sense. Yeah, I read that comment that you had posted, and, and I would totally be about that. I, I just don't see him doing it. <laughs> you no. know, they're just not going to do that. But it would be cool. I'd be fine with with giving us a, a Wolverine break and and have some uh, real consequences and, and some real time stuff happen. Yeah, and I, I know th when I was writing that, I was thinking to myself, well, they kind of did that with Captain America, right? But no, because Captain America's the mantle; it's not Steve Rogers, so. Wolverine is Wolverine. You can't, I mean, we've seen, um, you know, Dokken try to act as Wolverine. It's not the same thing. It's not the same guy. So he wouldn't pick up the mantle because there really is no mantle of Wolverine that needs to be passed on. It's, it's Logan. It's intertwined. It's who he is. So anyway. All right. Well, what about, uh, did you read Doom War 4? I did. Okay. And what did you think? about Deadpool in the last page? <laughs> I just don't like Deadpool. <laughs> so I really just didn't want to see that. But I knew it was coming. He was on the cover, so I knew he had to be there somewhere. So, you know, of course, he appeared at the end. You know, I read the the, the preview that was posted online of the first four or five pages of Doomore number five, and it looks like he actually does do something and uh, takes a more active role with uh, Doomwar, working with Black Panther. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. I, I, I don't know. I usually don't read the previews. But, um, I, you know, I just assume because Spider-Man and Deadpool, I think Spider-Man was on the cover of the first one, and Deadpool was on the cover of the first one, I just thought it was a gimmick, and, like, this guy, Mayberry, was to the show late because two months ago was the big Deadpool variant covers and everything. This last month was... um you know, the Heroic Age variant covers. And so I was like, well, this is weird. Maybe shipping dates got mixed up or something like that. They were trying to do two in a month. But uh, I was like, what a cop-out, you know? Like, Black Panther turns to Deadpool? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, oh, what have you done? Oh, no, don't tell me you're using Deadpool. Oh, no! Like, it's ridiculous. I can't believe... I. It better be good. It better turn out these next two issues better be good because I lost confidence. I mean, do more number two. I I was like, okay, all right, this could go somewhere. Number three, uh, number four. Yeah, it's gone. It could have been something really cool. Yeah. Yeah, well. Well, what happened, you know, I'm looking over just to make sure I didn't miss something. Um, Colossus, I call it Wolverine, were all in there, and now they're just disappeared. Oh, I don't know. I It was supposed to be this epic event, you know, with a little bit of everybody from every universe. And they were there at the beginning, 
you know, and then the Fantastic Four came, and but Colossus and Nightcrawler and Wolverine just disappeared without anything. Yeah, and everybody's fighting people at different parts of the world, like different types of Doombots, right? Yeah, they just located the Vibranium by doing their, I guess, type Vibranium in the search toolbox or something, I don't know, <laughs> and found all of Dr. Doom's Vibranium storage facilities and split up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Follow the Hulks or World War Hulks or whatever's going on now. Still flat out terrible. <laughs> I, uh, uh, when is it going to end? Let it end. I saw a, a cover preview, I guess, uh, for Incredible Hulk 6. I, I don't know. I can't even guess. 611, maybe? Where finally we see, um, Banner's eye turn green. I think that's going to be the climax where maybe we can call it a day on this. How do you think it's going to be called? Uh, hopefully, everybody's going to be depowered and go back to the status quo and like it'll never happen. Like it never happened at all. No Red Hulks, no A-bomb, no, no Betty. She's dead. You know, Banner is the only one. Scar would die, hopefully. You know, I, are we gonna do that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Go put the status quo back. You know, what did you say? Sorry, my wife is in the same room. Uh oh, she's distracting you. Is she pinching your thighs? No, <laughs> no, but she's distracting me. <laughs> I have to tell Jackie to get off me all the time. Hey, stop. I'm reading comics. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, so, okay, I was, I was thumbing through the Hulk, some of the Hulk issues, because I just can't, I can't even get into it to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But there were, like, a bunch of souped-up Hulk characters. Like, I saw, like, a Hulk human torch and a Hulk storm and a Hulk Captain America. What's all that about? Okay, well, they captured all these guys... They captured the most intelligent men, like the eight or six most intelligent men, hooked them up to some machine, put them in, like, the Matrix-type thing where uh, everybody's happy-go-lucky and it's a perfect world under the leadership of the leader. And I think they're using their brainwaves for something, either that or they're taking them out of the picture so that um, so that the, the intelligentsia can just rule the world without having to worry about them, I guess. I'm a little fuzzy on that. And then they hulked up all these heroes like Thor and Deadpool and everything and just juiced them all up to fight the Red Hulk. And yet at the same time, they juiced up all these like mercenaries to go march on Washington. And the She-Hulks are fighting all them. And uh, I think that's it. The Red Hulk is fighting the the souped up Hulks and so is A-Bomb and Scar and everybody. But, I mean, now they can just hulk up anybody they want at any time. So, but is it really the characters that are being hulked up? It's supposed to be, but I choose to not believe it. So how in the world is that going to fit into continuity? It's not. I mean, I talked to um, I talked to somebody at Marvel, uh, I guess a few months ago, and I said, okay, where does this go? And uh, this is before Doom War, but it was after um, Siege. Oh, that's what they said. That's what, yeah, that's what they told me. Um, but this was the guy who does the trades. Uh, he puts the trades together. So 
before Doom War, but after Siege. So Doom War takes place after Siege. Yes. Yeah. yeah but and, and then Nightcrawler died, so Doom War takes place before Second Coming. It would have to, yeah. But, I mean, I have a feeling that Mayberry and uh, Jeff Loeb and, to some extent, Jeff Parker uh, and Gr- and Pac and Van Lente, you know, they don't care about the rest of the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking of Marvel, uh, Mr. Casada got promoted. I saw that today, right? Or when did he get promoted? Yesterday. He What is he, the chief creative officer? Yeah. I didn't even know that was a position. <laughs> I thought he already was kind of doing that. Yeah, he was the editor in chief, but now he's the chief creative officer, and and I gotta say, I mean, it sounds like a demotion to me because wasn't the chief creative officer Bendis before? I mean, unofficially. I don't know who's gonna who's gonna be the editor in chief. Is what I want to know. Like, who is even in in the running? I mean, do you think they're gonna have one then? I would think so. So, well, is it a sideways promotion? Because doesn't it, I mean, it sounds like the editor-in-chief is supposed to keep all continuity together, but now the chief creative officer is supposed to come up with the stories for the next few years? Is that is that how it goes? Maybe. He, so maybe he's doing both? I mean, Newsarama says that he adds chief creative officer to his list of titles with the company. So maybe he is doing both. That sounds made up to me. That sounds completely made up. <laughs> I am the chief creative officer of my department. That means I tell them what to do. Well, don't you have to say you have contacts in Marvel? Why don't you find out for us? I may do that. It may be a touchy subject, but I'll go ahead and do it. So who would fill Kasada's shoes? Who who would even be able to do that? Bendis. Uh, you think? Well, I mean, from what I'm seeing in the Marvel Universe, his... His uh, time to direct the Marvel timeline is 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 over, uh, for the most part, and so, I mean, I think it's the next, it's the best progression. But he's been doing it for seven years, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, it seems reasonable. I don't know. All right, all right. Let's get into some. Uh... Oh, you know what? We didn't give out our contact information. Well, I just had one more quick thing that just came out today. Is the whole. Um, Dracula vampire thing going on in the Marvel Universe. Okay. What about this? Uh, vaguely, the new X-Men's supposed to deal with it, right? That comes out in July? Well, Marvel did a press conference today at 3 o'clock. Okay. Have you, have you read about that? No, I haven't. Alright, they want to they wanna bring Dracula to be like a Doctor Doom type villain um, for quite a long time. They said at least for 18 months. And that Dracula and, and um, Vampires being in X-Men number one is just the tip of the iceberg, that they're going to be vampire characters in Avengers titles and all throughout the Marvel Universe. Okay. So, thoughts? Um, I thought they, I thought they just did this a year and a half ago with uh, MI-13. No, nobody read that. Okay, fair enough. Um, they did, and he was, you know, he was on the moon or something, and he made a deal with Dr. Doom, and the whole, um, I read it, curse them, I read it, so they're gonna redo it, it's kinda like, oh, well, he did so well, um, 
and Dracula and Apocalypse have uh, falling outs and everything. So he's, I mean, he's in the Marvel universe and he, but if they're doing that, then they're focusing. It's kind of like a dark rain, but with vampires. So I don't see a difference. Yeah, I'm really just not excited about it. It's just kind of like we're bringing, you know, it's Twilight's really big and that kind of junk. So we'll try in comic books and see how people like that. Oh, uh, don't say that. Don't. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's what it sounds like to me. I, get, I mean, that, that seems reasonable, a reasonable assumption. I can't, I just don't like the comparison. Me either, but I just don't see any other comparison there. And, you know, if we're doing the whole heroic age, I thought we were just kind of taking a break from that kind of stuff, but it was inevitable. Something was going to have to come along. Well, I guess it's more permeating instead of, uh, you know, event. So I guess if it permeates throughout, but then you're going to just say it's an, an, an era, like the, her- oh, the heroic age, that's the thing with all the vampires, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of like, to me, it's like cross genre. You know, like vampires, I know they exist in the 616, but in my mind, they shouldn't. You know, it's kind of like, um, did you read Pixie Strike Back? X-Men Pixie Strike Back? No. Okay, I didn't think you did. But, I mean, it's a whole mutants and fairies. Like, oh, she's a fairy? Like, where does that fit in? I know you got Asgard. I know you got the pantheon of Greek and Roman gods. But, you know... Fairies and vampires, and it seems like they're expanding their universe beyond what's necessary. And I mean, in the early Claremont issues back in the seven, in the late to early, the mid to late seventies, you know, they went to Muir Island and they had the battle with the leprechauns. <laughs> Those were some pretty crazy issues, and. I mean, Marvel's always done some kind of off-the-wall stuff. Uh, I guess just maybe chalk it up to one of those crazy things that will be forgotten in a couple years. I guess so. I mean, I'll, I'll still read. I'll still buy. But, you know, it just seems out of place to me. Like, they're trying. I'm, they're definitely trying to get away from the politics, I guess. You know, because Secret Invasion was all about intrigue. Civil War was all about, you know, splitting the nation. Um Dark Rain was all about that, and now they're trying to get back to... I, I can see the meeting, you know? It's like, okay, this is good versus evil. You know, heroes and villains. We're not mixing the two anymore. We're not saying who's who anymore. Or, uh, you know, it's going to be self-evident. We're not going to let the reader guess. Um, and they say, okay, well, who's the most evil person we can come up with? No, we just saw Apocalypse. Oh, I know, Dracula. He's flat-out evil, you know? But it kind of be, it's the same thing to me as saying, okay, well, Mephisto's gonna take over for a while. And the whole universe? I mean, you're like, oh, I hope that doesn't permeate throughout the whole Marvel universe. Like, how are they gonna fight hell? But I think it's very similar. Like, oh, great. How do you fight something that if they bite you, it's, you know, they take over everything. And, you know, you, you, you know, that they're going to find a cure and turn some of these people back from vampires. So is that it? Like, now we have a serum. Okay, now we never have to worry about a hero getting bit again. Mm-hmm. P.S. Come here, Blade, and uh, we'll fix you, too. I, I will see, though. I don't know. Uh, I, like a cop-out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
All right, we can get back to our contact information. We kind of rolled on 37 different subjects there. Oh, okay, minute 30, we're going to give out our contact information. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like we said, this is Marvel 616 Politics. Um, visit our website. We have a, a new article up today um, on the reviews or news section about Thunderbolts um, number 144. Check that out. Jeff Parker read it, and he said it was nice. So there you go. Jeff Parker read your article. Yes, he did. That's sweet. That is pretty cool. I was uh, I was pretty impressed. Of course, you know I'm a fanboy, so I was uh, falling all over myself in my own drool. But I, yeah, that's I, awesome. I still think that was cool. So, um, so when Marvel hires you, are you still going to be able to do this podcast with me? I will be very limited in what I'm able to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So when it kind you know, I'll have limited opinions on Dracula and uh, Count Nefaria and stuff like that. Uh, you're gonna be one of those that just spews what everybody else says. I can't help it. I'm hired by Marvel. It's gonna change the whole Marvel universe for years to come, and it's really just exciting to take this fresh new take on this new character and see how <laughs> this character acts with all these others. <laughs> <laughs> you read too many press releases. <laughs> That was word for word perfect. <laughs> All right, like we said, you can uh, go to our website, marvel616politics.com. Um, email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. And Twitter, it's at 616politics. You can also give us a call at 616-755-TINA. Uh, leave us a message. Uh, rant to us, ask us a question. Uh, just tell us how sexy you think Andy's voice is. Whatever you want to do. 616-755-TINA. Or you can even look us up on Facebook. That's where you do most of our interactions with our fans. Uh, Facebook.com slash Marvel616Politics. Right on. And speaking of voicemails, we got one. Oh, wonderful. Yes. So I will play it for you, and then I'll probably just splice it in. Uh, let me Let me know if you can hear this. Hey guys, uh, don't get to read Marvel comic books that much, but uh, as a fan of action movies, I just love watching the movies. I was wondering, are these uh, movies considered 616 Universe? If not, how do they fit in? And uh, although I don't get to watch, read the comic books, or and I do watch the movies, I most definitely listen to the podcast. You guys keep up a good job. Do you hear that? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What's his answer? What answer should we give there? Well, that was a great voicemail. We appreciate you uh, giving us a call. Did we get a name? Uh, no, we didn't, actually. All right. Well, whoever that was, uh, give us a shout-out on the Facebook page so we can acknowledge you. So that was a great question. Um, no, the, the movies uh, are not in 616 uh, continuity. They are not part of the 616 politics. Uh, there's something that Andy and I are both into, and every once in a while we'll talk about them. Um, you know, as, as Andy even posted up the, the new pictures of the uh, Captain America um, outfit for the new Captain America movie. But no, uh, the movies, they are in their own universe. Um, some of the movies aren't even connected. Uh, like the Daredevil and Elektra, they're in their own universe. Um, but it doesn't look like they, they share the universe with the X-Men or with Fantastic Four. Uh, there is a lot of, of movement being done so that Hulk, Iron Man, and the upcoming Thor, Avengers, and Captain America movies are in the same universe. Um, 
and uh, we'll just time will tell uh, which movies they're, they're going to consider being all together and which ones aren't. I think you're right. Um, I, that's I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you, do you think that each franchise is in a different universe? And um, the only reason I say that is because, you know, Sony owns the rights to, to uh, Spider-Man and Fox owns the rights to the X-Men. And uh, I guess Marvel does their own, you know, Avengers type stuff and Iron Man. But do you think it has to do with uh, what what production company? Or do you think there are lines there or, or what? That's what I'm thinking because I know that Marvel would, I mean, Marvel would love to get everybody back in house and put everybody in the same universe. But as long as they're still in different companies, you know, they're not existing together. Right, right. Yeah, so that was a good question. Thank you, caller. And just a to give credit where credit's due, I don't think I put those pictures up. I think that was our good friend, uh, Michael. Oh, you're right. Michael Smith did. My apologies. Andy sucks. <laughs> I will, hey, I will tell you this, okay? I had that up on the browser for a day and a half waiting to put that up there, and I never got around to it because work has been so crazy. <laughs> Dude, I haven't been, I haven't been on the Facebook page. I think I got on once. This week and it's Thursday. Well, the Thor pictures are up now too. On our on our Facebook? They're not on our Facebook, but they are at uh, some other website. Okay, well we gotta get those, and uh, we'll try to do that by tomorrow. But I am interested in seeing those. Those should be good. I'll work on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, uh, no, you concentrate on what you're doing. Well, okay, like we said, uh, any other voicemails are welcome, and um, we'll definitely address the questions. So thank you, caller. Uh, let's do some current events. All right, sir. We are in a new era, uh, a new Avengers, Avengers 1, Secret Avengers 1, New Avengers 1. You know, New Avengers is the only title that hasn't come out yet, and that's the only one I really, really want to read. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. So I don't know what the deal is. Avengers Prime came out today. I haven't picked it up yet, and I'm hoping for the best. Um, but are you ready to go through uh, Avengers 1? Yeah. All right, man, do it. said this before like mainly for um mainly for spider-man but and recently his stuff i don't know if it's his anchor or what i haven't really been fond of but i do have to say for the most part i like his cap and i like his wolverine um but for some reason his spider-man really does it for me and i don't like a whole lot of his other stuff now and i think it's i think i'm spoiled so yeah it's just hit or miss yeah, and I don't know why. I feel bad for saying that. But this cover is, is really nice. Until you start confirming, then you just say that John Romita Jr. is, you know, an upcoming inspiring artist. He's revolutionary, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, 
we start off with Avengers number one uh, to be in the future, actually, and we've got Immortus yelling at a group of individuals that he's the uh, master of time and that for what these people have done today, he'll be there to watch them die. He's been there to see every single moment of their life. Um, he's struck down with a huge bolt of lightning and stops talking, so I'm not sure that he's been killed or, or what. And the next page is a picture of the next Avengers who were have only made an appearance in the Marvel animated feature, the next Avengers. Uh, I was going to ask you, is this, I haven't seen that, is this the exact same team? Exactly, that's them right there. Okay, so these are the the real characters and people, and they look the same, like these are the same people, so now that can be considered 616, or the same characters at least? At least the same characters, because um, I mean like, you know, X-Men Evolution and that stuff, they didn't take place 616, it was the same characters, but did take place in 616, so I don't know if the movie will or not, right. but so far this story takes place um, along with the movie, which is really something you could pick up and you and the girls could watch. It's pretty good. Okay, alright, I might do that. Um, that picture, uh, one of them says that guy liked to talk, and they said really wasn't even listening, and we flash, we flash, I guess, back in the past to present day uh, with Steve Rogers. Um, saying that he's getting back to back the, event, the Avengers groups back together um, based on the president asking him what the world needs. He said that he's picked these people. And then we've got a multifold, uh, well, just a double-page spread of various people that have been associated with Avengers and are now associated with Avengers that uh, Cap has asked to be a part of a team here or there. Um, got lots of different people on there, from Spider-Woman and Beast to Iron Fist and Justice and Thor and Tigra, your favorite. All kinds of different people on there. Woo, Tiger. <laughs> yeah, her and uh, Iron Patriot. Not Iron Patriot. Her and, um, what's his name? The little Captain America guy. Yeah, Patriot. Just Patriot. They're the only two that don't say anything. Yeah, well, she doesn't need to say anything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good quote. Okay. <laughs> But then he asks Wonder, he approaches Wonder Man, and Wonder Man is just, just flips out and says that um, everything that's happened has been the Avengers' fault, all the bad things from Skrull Invasion to the Mutant Decimation and Norman Osborn, everything has had a, to do with the Avengers, and that they should not get the Avengers, he should not get the Avengers back together. Um, Steve Rogers says he's going to do it anyways. I hope that he changes his mind. Wonder Man says, I hope he changes his mind too, because if he doesn't, I'll change it for you. That's kind of a preview of issue number two. Uh, the cover of issue number two has Wonder Man battling the Avengers. So. See, th this seems completely out of character. Like, well, he wrote Wonder Man in Mighty Avengers, didn't he? Well, I never, I never picked up Mighty Avengers. Oh, yeah. Right. First few, and, and then I just kind of left it. But what, he said that he was in jail. When was he in jail? He was in jail during Dark Reign. Uh, it was called Dark Reign. Um, oh, it was some gang or, or brotherhood or... It was one of those miniseries. And why was he in jail? I can't remember. I think he just got caught, you know? Like he was an unregistered hero or... Oh, because he wasn't registered, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not... I can't remember. I'm not too sure. I think that's it. Even though he was on the Mighty Avengers, uh, you know, I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then after the Wonder Man turning Steve down, we go back to Avengers Tower in New York City, 
and Steve have gathered what looks like to be the main Avengers team of Thor, Hawkeye, Spider-Man, Captain America, which is Bucky, Wolverine, Spider-Woman, and Iron Man. Um, he says why he put them all together. And then we, we go through a couple of uh, different conversations, uh, some one-on-one, well, yeah, some one-on-ones with Hawkeye and Spider-Man talking about why Hawkeye isn't Ronin anymore, now why he's Hawkeye, and there's some, there's some cool banter there. Um, we've got Steve and Tony kind of going back and forth about, you know, should they serve, you know, Iron Man is concerned that he shouldn't be serving with Steve because they don't have the same ideology anymore. Uh, Spider-Woman is concerned that she shouldn't be on the team because she hasn't necessarily earned the right. Uh, Bucky and Thor talk because Thor says he doesn't even know who he is. And, uh, then they're introduced to their leader who is going to be Maria Hill, which was kind of a, I kind of saw that coming, but I wasn't really sure if they, if they were going to go in that in that direction or not. So I think that's going to be some interesting stuff because I've always liked Maria Hill uh, and we'll see how she does trying to rule these heroes and tell them what to do. Yes, but she looks awful. Yeah, that doesn't look like Maria Hill at all. <laughs> she looks terrible. She looks terrible. And and not only that, like the first image I thought was, okay, Spider-Woman is the only girl, right? So that's kind of that's kind of odd for Bendis. That's an odd choice. So that makes me think that he's going to bring more people in and the, the team's going to change a little bit. And then I say, oh, Maria Hill, okay, yeah, she's going to come in. And then I look at her, I was like, no, she's just another boy. <laughs> so I I don't know. what. I, anyway, go on. Well, you know, New Avengers, Spider-Woman was the only girl on the team. Until, I guess, Ronan. But Ronan was dressed as a dude. Is that, is that right? Jessica Jones was there. I mean, she's a I guess she was. Not a member. Yeah. Yeah. In the first 20 issues, it was just Spider-Woman and Echo dressed up in their own outfit. Right, which I thought was cool. Oh, okay. Did you not think it was cool? Not at all, no. What? Why not? Echo is like a loser character, and then she dresses up as a dude. Like, that, that was just dumb. Okay, Echo is not a loser character, and we need <laughs> to stop talking about Daredevil-related stuff. I forgot. You're a big Daredevil fanboy. I forgot. <laughs> Shut up. Go on. <laughs> okay. So then uh, Marianne Hill says, is this everybody? Steve says no. And then all of a sudden, Kang shows up. Kang shows up and <laughs> he gives us, you know, this whole big supervillain speech, you know, listen carefully, those of you who think you're heroes, blah, blah, blah. And, all. <laughs> and Thor just, like, jumps up and they zap them with a huge lightning bolt from his hammer. And he just goes bouncing out and hits the roof and bounces over to another roof. And it just made me laugh out loud because Thor just wasn't even giving him the time of day. He wasn't going to let him explain or anything. He just, it just was like classic Thor. It was great. I really thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad you liked that. I had no idea what to think. It was just like, because Thor, you know, he just isn't acquainted. He's not always acquainted with how things happen. He's just kind of like one of those characters that jumps in and just does something and asks questions later. I guess I really, this is my, this is going to be my first, um, experience with Thor as an Avenger, I think. Um, oh. because I think since the time I've been reading, he's been dead. And so, um, which is kind of odd for me because I never, I, I don't see him as a major player and I read his own book, but the first I saw of him was Avengers Disassembled and that was it, you know? Yeah. And then he died. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. 
But I just thought it was great. It was it was funny. Just uh, just how he talks and everything. It just sounds like some kind of dork that would just do that. But so Kang has this egg, and uh, and Iron Man is immediately on the defensive and says, yeah, tells everybody to back down. And uh, he says, where did you get that? Where did you get it? And um, Kang says that Iron Man should know what this is. Iron Man says he hasn't built it yet. Kang says, but you will. And uh, so Kang just says that um, Iron Man needs to tell them what it is. It's apparently it's a doomsday device that will turn everybody, that will turn, he calls it a dark matter accelerator. Um, and if he wants to, and if he uses it correctly, it will turn all of us inside and out. It will turn inside and out the entire city. Um, Spider-Man says, why would you admit that? Iron Man says he didn't. He just wrote it down and promised him that he would never make it. So apparently either Iron Man makes it in the future and can't get the hold of it or can't get the blueprints or, or whatever. Um, Steve and, and Kang go back and forth, name-calling, with whether he is a time warrior or a time terrorist or a time traveler, whatever. And uh, Spider-Man says, do I ever find true love? So there's, there's a couple uh, good lines in here from, from Spider-Man I thought were kind of funny. Um, but Kang, Kang explains that he's come here because it's about the children of the Avengers and that in the future Ultron takes over and no one can stop them, but the Avengers' children do stop him. Uh, but when they stop him, then they decide to take over and become rulers. And uh, they're just wild and ruthless with their power. And that no one can stop them. So uh, King needs their help. And uh, King needs them to come back and to come to the future and help take them out. Um, Iron Man says that, you know, he doesn't have a time machine, but he doesn't know how he can do it. Uh, King says, but you, you better figure it out. And that when your team is complete, you'll know how to get to the future and figure it all out. Uh, King also says that by the Avengers going through it, doing this, that King will swear to never uh, attack them or wish any will any ill will upon them. That he'll be more like their ally. Um, Which confused uh, me. Let me let me stop you there. It, it, that confused me because if they get attacked by Kang again and they say you said, then because time has really no meaning to Kang and he's all over the board, can't he just claim that? Oh, this was before I promised you that. Well, I think I think they need to just take that with a grain of salt because he's a villain too. Not only the time thing, but he's not held to any moral or ethical boundaries. So the Avengers all talk and basically decide, yes, that's what we need to do. Um, Steve asks, what would we need to do to build one? Iron Man says that he needs Victor Von Doom or Reed Richards, but uh, they can't get a, you know, they can't trust uh, Doctor Doom. And Reed Richards, they call that he's not home, so he won't be able to help. Which is kind of a stupid cop out. He's just not home. You know, there's no other way to possibly reach you know the smartest man in the Marvel universe. Yeah, but isn't he isn't he off world right now? Who knows when this even takes place? Well, if it takes place during the current issue of Fantastic Four, he's off world. <laughs> Who knows? He might be hulked out right now. That that's why you can't. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. So, uh, Mar- Steve says, Maria, hit the list. See who we've got. Uh, she says it shouldn't be too hard and to check the Osborne files as well. And then Wolverine says, I know exactly who we need. I don't really know who he's talking about. Do you think he's talking about Cable? No, 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 no. You think? Who, who is he, who is he talking about? I don't know. I, 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 it was a mystery to me. I was trying to think who wasn't there. Um, probably not Nate Gray either. Uh, Maybe the vision? 
I was just trying to think time travelers that Wolverine would know. Cable's the only one that could come to my head, but... Yeah, no, I don't know. I was drawing a blank. I, I was too taken aback. Like, this whole thing was, like, so simple and straightforward. Like, I mean, it seems convoluted, but the whole issue is pretty linear. And it takes place on a on a bunch of rooftops, and that's it. You know, it's like you can actually just mentally back up, and it becomes a giant Super Mario Brothers board where you're just jumping from one place to the next, and they explain, oh, your princess is in another castle, and then that's it. <laughs> that's a really good analogy. That's, I mean, that's how I thought of this one. So, anyway, hey, go on. We just got to finish up with the last page. Is uh, Kang, you know, teleports to wherever he is in the future, um, and it turns out that he, he, the place he teleports is where Maestro is. Maestro is the future version of the Hulk, and Maestro says those Avengers are going to learn. Hulk is the smartest one there is. So I think, and then the issue's over. So that could be this could set up for some really good battles. Uh, Maestro's had a, a handful of appearances in the past. A lot of fans really like Maestro. He's been a fairly popular Hulk character. And uh, and in the future, he kind of ruled the roost. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next issue. Wait, so Maestro is is an actual character? that it, it, He is Bruce Banner or no? Yes, he's the future Hulk in, in one of the timelines. Oh, and this is a Peter David character? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it has nothing to do with Mark Millar and that old man Logan nonsense. Yes, Okay. All right. Do we know who that girl is or no? No, I didn't know who she was. I have not seen her before. Okay. All right. I I was. It seemed kind of strange to me. I I actually like the art a lot in this issue, and I like how uh, Ramita um, does Kang. Um, but we just saw Kang in. Uh, I know you didn't see him because you don't read it. But in Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy, we saw him <laughs> probably four months ago, and. You know, he just pops up whenever it's convenient, kind of like Ultron. So, it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot, but it seems a lot more hero-y, and I'm just not used to it. It's like there's nothing underhanded about it. The villain truly is the villain, and you know what? He may betray them, and uh, it, it it's kind of like, um, it, it kind of takes some getting used to that everything looks to be as it seems to the reader, not to the characters, you know? Yeah, it's very elementary. Yes, which I know that's kind of what they're going for, so I don't know whether to be refreshed or repulsed. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was it was okay. It was, uh, I mean, I think they, with what they set out to do was to, um, you know, set out with the new heroic age and, and everything is good and everything is is you know straight and cut forward a villain is a villain and a good guy is a good guy and the heroes are running the show uh, I think they kind of accomplished that with with this issue they they laid out all the well not all of the but a, a good amount of the mainstays of the Marvel Universe and that double spray uh, double page spread saying, you know, these are the good guys, and these guys are going to be Avengers, and they're going to help out, and da-da-da-da-da, and uh, this is the villain, and this is what they have to go do to get the villain, and then they closed it up. So I think they did what they set out to do. The art was is, was okay. I, I can't, I really don't like his, I know you said you do, but I really don't like his Wolverine at all. 
so that was a little hard, and his Spider Woman kind of choked me up a little bit. But um, yeah, I, his Spider Woman. He must he must look back at that and be like, ah, I can never get her right. But <laughs> he has to think that he has to. But I'm I'm excited because the next Avengers are in there, and I'm excited to see Maestro. Uh, so that should be sweet. Now, did the next? Who did the next Avengers battle in the in the movie? Ultron. Oh, really? Okay. Because Ultron was trying, was taking over. Okay, so it actually could be in continuity with the movie. It could. In the movie, all the Avengers have been killed, and the kids um, are left to take to do whatever they need to do. Okay. Stop oh. Ultron. Really, you should rent it and and take a look at it. It's well, very good. Well, we just got Netflix, so I may Netflix it. There you go. Yeah, and the kids can watch it too. You know, it's clean and it's it's kid versions. So they might, you know, part of it is, you know, it is geared toward a bit of a younger audience, but enough that we'll like it. Gotcha. Yeah, I uh, had Deidre watch with me Hulk vs. Thor, and I don't yeah. think I don't think that was necessarily a good um, idea. <laughs> <laughs> this was like a year ago, though, so she was only two, and um, so I could get away with it a little bit more. Uh, she won't even remember it. She was only two. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, that's a lot of blood. Well, the Hulk Hulk Wolverine had more blood. So. Oh, dude, that one was very bloody. Yeah. I was surprised that this one was only, um, you know, a, a regular 22-page story, I, I think it was. And they had stuff afterwards, but I, I didn't read it. Yeah, there was, a, there was some backup stuff, but it wasn't anything that, you know, you had to have. Right, right. Oh, well. And, and you know those, if you saw in your issue, you know they had all those pictures of the different people that had uploaded their faces? Yeah. Yeah, I've looked in each Avengers issue and I cannot find mine. I uploaded my face, but I don't see it. Oh, I think um, I think there's more because I, I was, uh, I heard. Did you too? No, I did not. For some, how, Somehow I missed this. I missed this whole thing. Oh, that girl is hugging that Spider-Man pillow. That's so sweet. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I I missed this. But um, I did. Jeff Sutter said he was still working on um a lot of these. So okay, there's still more to come out. I'm sure. I forgot you got the scoop. Oh, I got the end. You do, man. That's sweet. That's great. Maybe uh, Marvel wants to, if we say enough good things, maybe Marvel will send us some stuff. Well, see, that's why. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But that's why I'm trying to write, you know, somewhat good articles on our website if i get our website looking good which you know it's a long way from professional but if we get it somewhere you know maybe open up some opportunities the articles have been very good thank you there have only been two of them but thank you very much i appreciate it yeah yeah man uh all right hey yeah and in any of our listeners if anybody wants to um I'll, I'll put up reviews that you guys do too i mean you you guys kind of own the show too it's a uh, it's by us, but it's for you, and it's kind of a community thing. So feel free to distribute or clip the show any way you want, or you know, it's kind of it's kind of a listener owned thing too. Sounds good, man. Okay, do all right. Anything else on this one? I'm good. All right, let's go to Thunderbolts 144. I thought this one it was a no brainer to me to to pick this one to do. Did you read it? Uh, yeah. Because then when he sent out the uh, the list of what issues we're going to be reviewing, I was like, sweet, I get Thunderbolts. And I didn't get Thunderbolts. Oh, oh dude, I'm sorry. You could have... 
you, you could have requested it. I didn't even think about that. No, no, it's fine. I see, because I was like, oh, he's an Avengers man. I told him I'm reading all the Thunderbolts now. He'll let me do that one. And I, ah, crap, I got stuck with Secret Avengers. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, uh, the cover's pretty sweet. We got um, not bullet holes, but kind of burn marks and, and bullet marks uh, on Luke Cage. And behind him is uh, Juggernaut. Man Thing, Songbird, Ghost, and Crossbones uh, on the Thunderbolts uh, symbol. I think it's Moonstone. Is it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Moonstone, I'm sorry. What did I say, Songbird? Yeah, that's all right. Uh, thank you for the correct. <laughs> all right, we open up. This is a sort of a continuation. Uh, this story started in Enter the Heroic Age number one, which had four different stories, four or five different stories. And this one was a couple uh, a couple pages in there. And it just showed Luke Cage uh, going into the raft, which is the only facility working right now for um, the powerful uh, supervillains. And he was going in there. Steve tasked him sort of with uh, reinitializing the Thunderbolts program. And so he's in there with Mach 5 and... Um, Oh, who's the other guy? Fixer. Fixer, thank you. Mm -hmm. I said thank you. Okay. So, uh, they're in the ship, uh, in the airlift going toward the raft. Um, we see that it's, uh, Luke Cage and a couple guards talking. And he says that they want to make an entrance. And so he jumps out of the ship with no parachute. And lands, he goes through, this is, this is kind of cool. Um, they have kind of like a bubble, a security bubble around the whole thing. And, um, his bio signature, I guess, allows him clearance into it. So he can, he can walk through, um, kind of the force fields and the cells and everything else. There's no bars, but it's all kind of like a force field type thing. So, and every time he goes through it, you know that he's entering a, a more secure location because there's a little, um, in the lower right-hand corner, there's a, a clearance level Zeta, Luke Cage cleared, and it says upper force field. Uh, so we cut to Steve telling him, you know, uh, that they should have done away with this, but kind of just talking to him, talking him through, you know, he wants him, him, and he selected him to start this. Um, and he asks him, will he take this on? And we see him land the boss coming down. And he lands right in the middle of it. Now, this picture of his face, it's kind of funny to me because it kind of looks a little bit out of character, but I still kind of like it. He looks like a, a, a dog, a mad dog. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it, it really makes him seem like a bad dude. So he lands. They, they talk about it. And he talks to the fixer who's uh, going to be part of it. He says, okay, what's going on? They kind of talk for a while. Um we finally get to see Ghost without his mask, and this guy is a nutcase. He won't shower, he won't do anything. He's He seems extremely psychotic, and uh, he won't even talk without his mask on. Luke Cage is talking to him, asking him if he wants to come back. Um, he read his profile and everything. We get a close-up of his face. Uh, he's, you know, he's got dark circles under his eyes and everything. Uh, he's not talking, but as soon as he gives him his mask back, he puts it on, and then he's like, very eloquent. You know, I feel I would be an asset to your team. Uh, 
I won't even kill Stark this time because he was in the, the Invincible Iron Man as a character as well, going after Stark. So he, Luke grabs the mask back and says, all right, somebody will bring you to the tower later on. He goes through a more secure, uh, another security clearance area, secure area. He goes into the women's section. Everybody's making lewd remarks about him because he's a massively awesome man. And so uh, he sees Songbird, who I guess is a guard there, and her hair is completely strange. <laughs> that was the only thing, that was one of the only things I didn't like about this art. Like, her hair is, like, so weird. It's wild. It is. It's like she got it cut off, and then she was electrocuted. So, <laughs> anyway, she's a guard, and so uh, they're talking about Moonstone and bringing her back into the Thunderbolts. She's belligerent as, us as usual and um, completely manipulative but sassy. Playfully sassy. Now, I gotta, I gotta say, I got a huge more respect for her as a person when she went from Songbird to Ms. Marvel. And then now she's back to Songbird. I mean, not Songbird, Moonstone to Ms. Marvel. And now she's back to Moonstone again. And my, my opinion of her changed. I think it's just the costume. Like, I didn't. You know, I knew that it was a, an evil Ms. Marvel, but for some reason it translates a little differently. Like, it doesn't seem like the same person. I'm going to have to try to reconcile in my mind that, okay, this person is the same person as Ms. Marvel. Because it seemed to be like there was some redeeming... Like, when you saw her in the Thunderbolts before, when Warren Ellis had her, there was, like, nothing redeeming about her. There was no redemptive inkling in her, you know? And uh, so she was, like, the bad guy. But yet, when she was in the Dark Avengers, you started to see, like, you know, maybe she's going to start to look out. Yes, she's manipulative, and yes, she has her own agenda. But now she's starting to see and look out for other people and, and try to do a little bit what's right. But now that she's back in this situation, it's kind of like she's given up. If If it's the same character, which we know it is, but, I mean, if it's written the same way, Let's assume that it's real and there's continuity. Um, this character now has given up and says, okay, yeah, now that I have no agenda, now that I have no end goal, I'll do whatever I want and be as belligerent as I want and manipulative as I want. So that should be interesting. It kind of is a, a, a dematuring of the character. And so we'll see. You know, because Jeff Parker has his work cut out for him because he set the standards so low, now he has to build her up. So, well, I didn't see any. I guess I missed that in Dark Avengers. I didn't see a whole lot of redeeming character character qualities in Moonstone. Every once in a while, she would take a second, kind of a second look, and be like, "Yeah, I don't know. Do we really want to do this? Do we not want to do this?" But then she was always it was always followed up with, "How can I do this to get control from Norman, so that she?" And that's what she was doing all through Thunderbolts. Is how can I get control from Hawkeye leading the group? How can I get control from Baron Zemo leading the group? How can I, what can I do to manipulate? And then even when she was caught there at the end, she took the opportunity to try and fly away as fast as possible to try and escape. And so that's why I was kind of surprised that she was on the Thunderbolts team because, you know, she's just done so many bad things. She really needs to just be locked up in there for a while. Okay, well, then maybe, I mean, if what you're saying is true and it sounds, it sounds like a good analysis of it, Maybe what I'm thinking is that comparatively, 
compared to the other Thunderbolts, she was she was the worst. She was the you know she was the the person you got to watch out for. But then compared to the other Dark Avengers, she was out of her league. She was nowhere near the worst. Like when yeah, you have you're Bull- with Bullseye and, and Matt Gargan. Exactly. So you're right there. And then comparing those two and Ares, I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're with it's those great. people, then she kind of keyed down a little bit, I guess. Okay, I I got gotcha. So that now she's back. Is I mean, she was a she was a, she's a big fish in a little pond, but then as soon as she got into open water, she found out you know that there's sharks and stuff out here. So she kind of played it down a little bit and tried to d- use more feminine ways to you know, to to manipulate her power, but now she's back to I think she's almost in her element. She she enjoys being a big fish in a little pond and she enjoys uh this scene better than the other. Yeah man. I, I think you're right. Alright. Well thanks for clearing that up because you were I mean I haven't read a whole lot of Thunderbolts. I I started reading right at Civil War, I guess. Thunderbolts. So I I mean that's that's right when Baron Zemo was getting kicked out. So. Yeah, but but you had you, you had some good assessment when you're with Bullseye and uh and some of those other net jobs. You uh you look a lot more sane than everyone else. Yeah, that's true. And Norval or whatever, he's he was up the wall. Songbird says, you know, it's a bad idea to pick her. He starts reading off a, a profile, and she says, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That profile, and he says, oh, this was your old one, and so that kind of shuts her up. And then we go back and forth uh, when he's selecting his team. And this is kind of just an intro book. But he's talking about, you know, what kind of team am I going to select? Who do they want? Because he's under authority. He can't just pick his own team. It seems like the government and at least Steve or people under Steve are saying, okay, we want you to have this team. We want you to have this guy. So um, anyway, he's picking uh, Kane Marco he comes to. And he says, I don't think it's a good idea. And then somebody vouched for him, and that was his half-brother. Um, actually, I think Marco, I mean, Luke hasn't seen what we've seen, but Marco is probably one of the more reliable ones uh, out of the group he picked. Uh, he's going to stick by him until something happens where he'll switch. He'll probably switch sides. Yeah, he'll run off, but until that time comes, and you don't know when that time comes, and that's the problem, but until that time comes, he, he's very committed trying to search for a better way. I mean, that's what we have seen previously in the past few years. <laughs> and then we see him come to uh, Crossbone. Man, I I couldn't believe this. I was like, what? What are you talking about? You're going to actually put Crossbones on the team? And uh, it's very interesting. It says that any any group forms natural alliances, and we want most of them to gravitate towards you. So we need a polar opposite, so that they won't identify with somebody else. And I thought that's that's really interesting. And I started yeah. thinking about um, just any group, like you know how they say you have a pecking order or something like that. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say necessarily in our at our work. Um, there's always somebody who nobody's happy with. But when you think about it, I mean, it trends. Um, you always say, okay, well, I'm very dissatisfied with this individual right now at, for some reason. And then, you know, people jump on the bandwagon and say, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, so 
you know, people naturally choose up sides. And, but if that person, you don't want that person to get fired. You never want that person to get fired because then that space is totally open. Mm-hmm. And so who's going to fall into that next, you know? Yeah, I thought it was a really good way that, that, uh, that he wrote that. Yeah, I and again, this is Jeff Parker, and uh, I feel bad ragging on him about the the uh, Hulk stuff, but, I mean, come on. That's just <laughs> unforgivable. So, anyway, they got Crossbones, and then uh, Mach 5 uh, takes him down to the sub-basements, and he, surprise, surprise, Hank Pym's down there. Um, they were talking about their infinite mansion, how to get from one place to the next, and this is kind of their tech guy. And so he opens up a giant vault, which the art on that is awesome. And all of a sudden, we see the man thing down there. And for some reason, uh, they harness some way. They harness man thing and the Everglades, and they're able to get from place to place. But man thing, we never know if he's totally sentient or not. And uh, there's problems with having him on the team because um, if you have fear around him, then you'd start burning up. So any fear, I don't think it necessarily needs to be fear toward him. So uh, the guy's huge. Man-Thing is huge. Yeah. He comes out. Luke Cage kind of steps right up to him and asks if they can get along. And uh, his hand covers his entire arm, and they kind of clasp hands and say, all right, well, I think I guess we're good to go. So everybody uh, meets out outside the base because the tower's not ready yet. Um, for their first training session, or they're getting ready, and I gotta say this this panel is is awesome with uh, between Moonstone's hair, which I do like, Ghost's mask, Crossbones mask, and just the sheer massiveness of Juggernaut. I just fell in love with this artist. I was like the first time I saw Ghost's mask, I was like, this artist, he better stay on the book. It's Kevin Walter, I think, or Walker. All right, Luke Cage is talking to him, saying, okay, uh, your only way out is is to volunteer for this. You know, some of you are lifers, so it doesn't matter, but at least you're not rotten in a prison cell. He's talking, and all of a sudden, he falls over into the water, and what happens? He falls over uh, onto the rocks, and behind him, from the water, comes out some sort of submersible airship, and the door flies open. And Baron Zemo is there in his wonderful purple outfit with the <laughs> giant, massive belt buckle. And he says, this was my team. Come follow me. Dude, did you even see that coming? No. There's no possible way anybody could have guessed that. No way. When I saw that, I was like, oh, I am so hooked on this book. That is fantastic. Yep. This is my new Dark Avengers. Yeah, I think so. I think so. If he plays his cards right now, the now what's interesting though is before, all right, he's been writing, uh, he's been writing the Thunderbolts for a while now, like at least six months, and I think I really enjoyed Diggle's take on it, Andy Diggle, and he was good. But then Jeff Parker jumped on, and then they did the stuff with Atlas, and I was like, oh, why do you have to bring Atlas into everything? <laughs> and uh, I think that was ten issues ago. That was one thirty-four, and so. You know, this new take, I thought it was going to be a new writer. They need to hand it off to somebody good. But they said, okay, keep Jeff Parker. And, I mean, he knocked this one out of the park, man. 
Yeah, I just, I was not expecting that. I, I like the Baron Zemo at the end. I love the group, like the whole group dynamic. Like, you can just see so many possible story eventualities coming out of this. Just, uh, for, you know, for Moonstone and Songbird, because they've been Thunderbolts before. And really, just Juggernaut and Crossbones interacting with anybody is going to be good. Uh, and then Luke trying to lead this, or is he going to have to wrestle it away from Baron Zemo? You know, what's going to happen? Really good. Really good stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was, I thought it was very good, very interesting. I did have one question though, and maybe this is, I'm assuming this just happened off panel, but you know, Juggernaut's one of my favorite villains, so I always follow what he does. And last thing I remember him doing, well, you know, he battled Scar, Scar threw him up into space, then Juggernaut came back, he battled Spider-Man and Captain Universe, got the Captain Universe power, got rid of it, and then walked away, but then now all of a sudden he's in jail. So, did it, did I miss something, or did they just not, that didn't happen on panel? No, I think that happened off panel. Because the last they ha- they even have a note in here, and I know you read it, but it says, you know, as in, you know, you're less deep, you're depowered, and I think they just caught him. They just caught up with him. Mm. Uh, I think it's cool too. One other note on this issue was Luke Cage. He's he's not in his tiara, but he's into his dark pants and his yellow shirt again. So he's kind of getting like an updated, you know look to his old, old costume with the silver tiara and everything. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even notice that. My only my only complaint about that is he kind of looks like Gauntlet from uh, Avengers Initiative. I don't follow that. Well, he was like kind of the drill sergeant with everybody there. Okay. And, and uh, he looked, he was a big black dude with a goatee, I think, and he just had a uh, an arm that could fire power or something like that. But you know, now he's got kind of a mechanical arm type thing, and I just didn't want them to meld the characters into one. I wanted them to stay true to Luke Cage, and I really, I really enjoy how Bendis writes Cage. So we'll yeah, see. He's how... writing better than anybody else. He's got his bromance with him. What? What'd you say? He does. Luke. I mean, Bendis has a bromance with uh, Luke Cage. He's like in love with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, this was good. Yeah, it was great. I, I I really wish that Diodato was still, like, you know, if he would have just come over from Dark Avengers and went to Thunderbolts, I think it would have been really good for the tone. But yeah. this guy's already isn't too bad. Yeah, but he's on your Secret Avengers. Yeah, but it's just not the Dark Avengers. I'm still a little bitter that they're gone. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Jared. <laughs> So yeah, originally we were going to cover uh, Secret Avengers 1 in this podcast. We're just kind of running a little long. Uh, Secret Avengers wasn't really anything special. Um, so we'll just let everybody out there pick it up. And uh, you can read it and maybe give us your thoughts by giving us a call or, or letting us know on Facebook what you thought of Secret Avengers number one. Yeah, just just tell me real quick. Are you look, After reading number one, are you interested in it? I mean, do you put it in the category of Secret Warriors or do you put it in the category of New Avengers? Uh, how how are these categories? Okay, good question. Do you put it in the Secret Warriors like, um, the way I thought of it was, oh, it seems like an interesting story, I'm interested in where it goes, but, you know, it really doesn't matter. Uh, and the other category, let's change it to Captain America, or Captain America or New Avengers, where, you know what, this is a main storyline in the 616, it has something to do with it. And I may not like where the story is right now, but I, I have to know what's 
I have to keep up with what's going on. Mm, I, I don't know that it's going to have a huge, like, it's going to have huge ramifications on the Marvel Universe. I don't think that it necessarily will, except for what happened on the last page. I think that's going to kind of shake up the status quo. Um, but it's just these characters, I don't care about them at all. So it was really hard to just see them all working together. I just don't care about these guys, so that's why it's really hard to make it through this issue. Yes, I understand. What happened on the last... Well, are we going to spoil that then? Well... I mean, I guess it's been out for a, a week. Yeah. But, uh, well, Nick Fury showed up, and he blasted Sharon Carter, and it looks like he might be working for the other side. What? That was him? Well, yeah, isn't that him? I just thought it was somebody else in an eye patch. <laughs> well, <laughs> how many people do you know that have eye patches with white sides and brown hair? I didn't even look at his hair. You're right. <laughs> oh, that makes me mad. That makes me upset because, I mean, now it's like, I mean, I trust Brubaker more than I trust Hickman, but I really think that it needs to tie now. Now, if it doesn't tie into what's going on in Secret Warriors, I'm not going to be happy. I think it'll probably just be some kind of misunderstanding or or something like that. You know what? I, let's not talk about this. I'm not happy about that. Okay, we will not talk about this. All right. Ugh. All right. We're gonna try out a new segment called Character Assassination. It's kind of a role play, but in keeping with the pol politics theme. Uh, we'll do a role, uh, kind of an interview role play thing, and I'm sure we're gonna say something that actually hurts the character more than helps the character, and therefore character assessment. <laughs> so, do you want to go first or me? Um, why don't you go first? Are we? Do you want to just do a couple? Yeah, let's just do, yeah, three, three of them. Okay. All right. Uh, why don't you? I'll go first, so why don't you ask the questions? Tell me who I am. Um, you are Deadpool. Okay, I am Deadpool. Got it. Alright, so, so Deadpool. Tell me. Yeah. Why, why and how are you everywhere all the time? See, what Jared doesn't know is that not only am I other places at other times, but I'm different times at other places. Uh, with the wisecracks, I see. I'm sorry, what were you saying? What did you ask? Huh? What was, what was the question? <laughs> how are, how are you everywhere and why are you everywhere all the time? That is exactly correct. Yes, I am the best at what I do. Wait, no, I am the best at what I do. Great. All right. So, um, why, why should I pick up one of your 737 books? Well, to support me. I mean, if you don't, pick those up, then I'm not going to be in, in any of the books. So, I mean, obviously I have a, a major reason to be in all these books. I mean, the world is saved because of me several times over. Who do you think saved that little girl, that mutant kid? That that's... Well, I asked the questions here. So, um, so you're saying that if I don't give my dollars to your books, that your books will no longer be around. That is the, exactly the opposite of what I'm saying, because how many people read, you know, your beloved Black Panther, and yet I still showed up in that book? Mm, correct. So how can I get rid of you? How, what do I have to do to stop reading about Adventures of You? I'm really okay if you're in one book, but I, I don't still need you everywhere. 
I'm sorry, but there's nothing you can do because people hated me on me so much that they said, okay, I know, let's make five more of them, all with mental disabilities and multiple personalities. So there's pretty much like 15 of me running around doing whatever. And not only that, but I'm a dog now. I see that, yeah. And a, a girl and everything. So it kind of reminds me of back in the early 90s. Venom had a similar thing. He had multiple series, multiple miniseries all the time, uh, different clones of himself, all that good crap. And eventually he burnt out and became a second-tier character until uh, Matt Gargan kind of took him on. So do you see that happening with yourself? Absolutely not, Brian. Absolutely not. I really think that, I mean, what makes this world go around? Money. What do I work for? Money. That's right. Do I work? Do I really care to save the universe? No, no. Do I care about Cable and Hope? Well, you know, Cable's kind of cute. But really, it's all about money. And what is what is Venom about? That's right, adrenaline. And uh, as soon as you suck that individual dry of their adrenaline, adrenal glands, well, then you got you got nothing else. You jump the shark. Great. Uh, it's been fascinating talking with you. Thank you, thank you. Do you have anybody that you want you you, you need taken care of? Uh, probably just your dog and your girlfriend and your zombie head. But otherwise, I'm good. Well, I mean, it's a pretty steep price, but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah, I'll give you all of a century's bones for it. <laughs> all right, sir. You are Baron Zemo. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do I have to talk with the accent? <laughs> you, you can. You can if you want, or you can drop it halfway through. I don't care. <laughs> Why is this? <laughs> Sounds like your voicemail you left me last night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to make my voicemails interesting so that you don't get tired of me. <laughs> well, I was listening to it with a friend, and... And she was like, what is going on? <laughs> and I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. That, yeah, that gets people uh, interested. <laughs> you don't know? Listen to the podcast. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, all right. Baron, can I call you Zemo? Can I call you Helmet? No, you can call me Baron. Okay, Baron. Um, wh why, why have you been away so long? Oh, I've not been away. I've secretly been around. I just you just haven't seen me on page. Ah, okay. All right, good answer. I mean, are you are you happy to be back? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I was never gone. This was no comeback. It was just me coming out of the shadows. I've been watching everything going on with secret, uh, the secret invasion and the dark rain and all that siege crap. It's now time for me to take my rightful place out of the shadows and take over the Thunderbolts again. Okay, so why didn't you step up? I mean, what what made you wait until now? What is, why is now the perfect time? The Thunderbolts have been decommissioned. They've been Dark Avengers, and Dark Avengers are not my team. My team is the Thunderbolts. I, if I well, I mean, I, I know you kind of been off panel. Not, not I wouldn't say out of it, but the Thunderbolts have been active this whole time. But not my Thunderbolts. Oh, I see. So you don't like uh, Nuke or any of those guys, like uh, Mr. X? Those people do not deserve to even be called Thunderbolts. When I was leading the Thunderbolts, it was the cream of the crop. Those are just loser 
B-list villains. Gotcha. And are, are your cream of the crop, are those villains? or? I'm sorry, what? Are, are those cream of the crop that you're speaking about, are, are they villains? How would you classify them? Absolutely, we're villains, and we're going to take over the world. I thought the Thunderbolts was all about redemption. <laughs> Just in the, the eyes of the humans. Do you now remember when I first had the Thunderbolts and we were this close to taking over the world? We had sent some kind of virus in a, in a computer system, and anytime people turned on electronics, they were absolutely taken over. So I had my base on the moon, and we were all ready to go, and then we were we were defeated by Blasted Jolt and Atlas. They teamed up together and took me down. You have extensive memories. I, I don't remember any of that. But, I mean, I I should. I've read Thunderbolts 1 through 12, did you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, so, uh, all right. Two more questions, if I may. Same costume? Really? What's wrong with feathery, puffy shoulder pads? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I seem to remember um, Steve Epton drawing you, Epting, and, um, you know, you kind of had the mask that was draped down and uh, more of a more of a combat gear type look. Um, do, do you think that's um, were you going for more of a, a of a functional look? And this is kind of a more menacing like here I am. I mean, I know you had to make a big to do out of it all in this, uh, especially Thunderbolts 144. Well, if you look at that, not only my costume, but most of my you know, the heroes I try to kill and my other villains, villain friends. Um, our costumes tend to get updated between 1985 and 2005. But then between 2005 and now, we end up going back to our classic look or a version of our classic look. You just can't mess with the classics. Oh, no matter how purple they are, huh? Absolutely. You cannot get enough purple and pink. Okay, all right, last question. Um, So what's the, what's the plan now? I mean, uh, we're... What's the plan? Are you, uh, how exactly? I know you mentioned uh, something about world domination. Um, there's a lot of groups out there right now vying for that kind of thing. How exactly are you going to play into this uh, new global world market? Now, do you think I'd really tell you? Well, you can tell. I mean, I have no ends with any of the heroes. I'm no friends to. I mean, I, I mean, I know Deadpool, but I mean, come on, he's basically on your team anyway. No, <laughs> silly mortal. Uh, I follow your podcast and I follow your page and I know that you have insights into Marvel. I'm definitely not going to tell you my plan. <laughs> I think they know more than I do. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, it was very nice having you on the show. Good luck with the world domination. And, um, if you're in, uh, you know, if you're in, in the business for a pet instead of like a slave, uh, let me know when you take over the world. You, you have a pet? No, but I mean, I'm willing not to die. Oh, I see. I see. Right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I mean, the... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> all right, one more. Uh, Okay, you can be Juggernaut. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Now, hey, let me ask you one thing. Okay, my, my juggernaut knowledge is limited. Is he more of a, a, a big dumb guy, or, or can he actually think? He's typically dumb, but when he was part of the X-Men, he was shown to think a little bit more. 
that so in the in the mid four hundreds, right? Yeah, he he fought a little bit more, but but even then, you look at the stuff that he did with you know Squid Boy and stuff. He wasn't really thinking too much. Gotcha, gotcha. He's not like he's not like Blob. Like Blob is just a big dumb animal. Juggernaut just is very smart. All right, I'm Juggernaut. Go. So Juggernaut, tell me, yeah. what did you do to get captured? Well, I kind of, you know, I may have messed up. Give me some details. Well, I was really wanting to use the power of Captain Universe for good, but I kind of lost track of what was good, and I was trying to go off and find myself in the woods, you know, and I think maybe, maybe I ran into the middle of the city instead of the woods. And, well, that's where the police are. I see. Now, now Juggernaut, you sound a lot like Dizzy Gillespie. I'm not, I don't know who Dizzy is. Can you sing, um, I think to myself it's a wonderful world? And I sing to myself, it's a wonderful world. So do you feel robbed that he had such a hit with that when it could have been you? I, I never considered singing. Huh. Might want to do that. But since, you, since you're not singing, you're with the Thunderbolts now. Why don't you give me some insight into that? I can't do the voice the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just killing myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you know, Thunderbolts. Um, it beats sitting around. I really, I don't know. I can't do too much more with my life. I can't. I can't make up for everything I've done uh, bad. I can't do anything really that good. Every time I try to do something good, it never really works. So yeah, Luke Cage. He seems all right. Oh really? You think he seems all right? Yeah. If he just gives me a chance, come on, give me a chance, Cage. But now Cage doesn't seem like he's gonna even have the time to give you that chance because I see that Zemo has appeared again. Where, where, where's your take? Where, what's your stake in all of this? Well, two things. One, let's be honest. All these military types, they have training sessions and everything, and this is basically just a test to see how we do with a change in command. And two, if it's not a test, I'm willing to go along with it. So you're not, so you're really willing to go with whoever. I have no direction in my life, and like I said, they really can't kill me. So this is better than sitting in some cell. One last question for you. Rumor has it that uh, your stepbrother had some influence on putting you into the Thunderbolts. How does that make you feel? I'm nobody's tool. Okay, I'll tell you that right now, Charles. If you're out there, I still don't like you. But then again, like I said, I'm just willing to do whatever. As long as I'm out walking around. I really just like the momentum. Okay. So you're kind of the, the new apathetic juggernaut. Well, I mean, really. What am I going to do? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, take care. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I couldn't do that voice. That was killing me. Like I gotta get him to sing. That's all. He sounds just like him. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I got a, I got a face for radio, so that works. <laughs> well, 
Well, you really missed out. I was gonna do I was gonna do Kang and have you do Iron Man and everything. Oh well, if you'd have told me, I could have I would have made you be whoever you wanted to be. No, 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 no. I was gonna do that to you. Oh, okay. Well, I also had you being Emma Frost. <laughs> I will remember this for next time. Hey, I didn't do it though. <laughs> I don't know if I could do a girl fake accent. I could do a Cockney accent, but she's got a fake English accent. Hey, did you read the Emma Frost Origins book? I just thumbed through it. I didn't look at it. I just looked at all the pictures. It was interesting. I don't know much about her, so. She's a. They've created a lot of backstory for her just in the past couple of years. Yeah, I. I mean, I like her Grant Morrison stuff. So, I. Uh, I really thought Warren Ellis' portrayal of her in um, Astonishing X Men number or Xenogenesis number one was really less than flattering, but probably the most realistic I've seen. Which one? Oh, in the Astonishing one. Yeah, Xenogenesis or. Oh, I hated that. Well. I it it wasn't I mean you hated the portrayal I mean because I didn't like the portrayal but I thought it was realistic I thought she was obnoxious but it just that's not how those, any of those characters act that's not my Cyclops or my Storm or Wolverine and it just I'm I'm done with that go back to the other astonishing X Men let's finish that first you do know that they're gonna go back to it in uh, July I think well nothing like leaving you on a cliffhanger you know it's uh, it's insane. I mean, a cliffhanger, I just don't care anymore. The, the, the next cover was a picture of, like, hundreds of broods surrounding Storm. It's like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We're going to start a new story. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, give them a mohawk and make their butts look awful and put them in this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now on to our Tina's. The Tina Award. Our Tina Awards, named after Tina Turner, uh, arguably the best part of the show. I don't know who would argue that. I mean, I definitely would not, but um, it's definitely fun. How many you got? I've got three. Okay, I got two. All right. So I will go first then. My first Tina is You Got What I'm Gonna Get. Got what I'm gonna get. Okay, let me go with the doomsday device that Kang had that Iron Man has not developed yet. Oh no, that's, I thought you were on the right page though. You're 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 close. Just another book. Ah, uh, another book of the three that we talked about. Okay, so the Thunderbolts team, like Baron Zemo talking to Luke Cage. No, it was Nick Fury trying to get that serpent device. Oh, okay. I gotcha. All right. That makes sense. That was my third guess. That was the only other one. Yeah. All right. That's okay. Good one. Good one. I'll give you that. You win this round. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to give you the easy one, and then I'm going to give you the hard ones. Okay. Okay, the easy one. A woman in a man's world. In a man's world. Uh, Maria Hill. Yes, having uh, the lack of women in Avengers number one. Yeah. 
Yep, and she she pretty much actually it wasn't even her, it was Spider Woman because uh Maria Hill is as a boy in that, so <laughs> <laughs> So you get a half a point. She just said it so matter of factly. <laughs> she was a boy. She was. It was awful. I wanted Victoria Hand to show up. I'm sorry. Well, Victoria Hand is going to show up, though. I She better. She's a way better character than Maria Hill. And I, I got to say, the, the Invincible Iron Man storyline and everything, it's... I don't like it. Fraction, do something different, man. Stop people stealing Stark tech and using it for evil. Come on. Yeah, it's kind of played out. It's... It's old. All right. Your turn. All right. My next one is Whatever You Want. Whatever you want, make a baby. I will be what you need. Whatever I want. It seems like I can't answer wrong on this. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with... Obviously, Juggernaut's attitude, enjoying the Thunderbolts. Ah, whatever you want. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have a second guess. It is the whole makeup of Secret Avengers. Marvel kind of just, I guess, it just sounds like Brubaker came to Marvel and said, this is what I want. And they said, eh, whatever you want. Put on that team whoever you want. Do whatever you want. Change Beast. He doesn't have to be Cat Beast anymore. Give him more fingers. Just do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want. Uh, that's the Secret Avengers. See, I have such high hopes for that because of Brubaker. Because I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed his X Men, and I really enjoyed Captain America, and his Daredevil's good. So I think it could be good. I just he has to engage me in the story and make me care about it. It doesn't. That group does not go together. No, it doesn't. And it seems like he added somebody. You know, oh, I need somebody who can go into space. Oh, I need this. It, I, I know, but give it a chance. Give it a chance, Jared! I'm trying to, but Beast is really what's just got me irked off right now. Because Beast has a cat face. And Beast has four fingers. And then he's in Secret Avengers and he's back to the, the Jim Lee Beast. I know. I can't help you there. I'm going to need some explanation. Okay, well, I'll work on that. All right, yeah, I want you to Twitter somebody. Okay, <laughs> all right, I will. Okay. All right, um, this is a hard one. Two people. Two people gotta stick together And love one another Save it for a Um, Steve Rogers and Iron Man? Guess again. Valkyrie and Black Widow? No, not even close. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Baron Zemo and Luke Cage? Yes! Awesome! Good job. Yep, two people that, um, if you, I read the lyrics to this one, okay? And it's kind of like they're kind of at odds, but they have to learn how to work together and, um, they have a common, you know, uh, bind or bond. And so the common bond is the team, and I think they, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be at odds or what's going to go on with that. Do you think they might work together? Um, from what, something I read today, I don't think so because um, actually Brubaker is going to use Zemo in um, Captain America. He's going to show up again and he's going to be a really, really bad dude. Um, so I don't think they're going to work together. But when I made this Tina, I did think that 
eventually they might be co-leaders or something like that. Oh, okay. That's a good one. So you uh, called my bluff. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last one is Come Together. Come Together! Come together. Oh, let's see. The first one was in. Um, what, what was the first one? What were the other two? Uh, the first one was Nick Fury for "You Get What I'm Gonna You Got What I'm Gonna Get." Okay. Second one was "Ever You Want" was "Whatever You Want" for Secret Avengers. Oh, so both of them were Secret Avengers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then this one was "Come Together." Mm-hmm. Probably um, all the Avengers are gonna have. Avengers 1, everybody came together. See, it's either Thunderbolts 144 where he, you know, gets the team together, or it's Avengers 1 because everybody has to come together because of a threat. So, uh, I'll go with Thunderbolts. You're on the, the right track. It's really for all three books. Oh, because it's the start? That's a, that's a tricky one there, Mr. Mayo. <laughs> I definitely did, yes. <laughs> because each th- each of the three books, it brings uh, the, the team all together. Yeah, well, two of them were number ones. Huh? Two of the issues were number one issues. So? Well, what do do with my Tina? Whatever. All right. <laughs> Tina, this is for you. <laughs> all right. I think that's it tonight. Um, thank you for joining us. Enjoy. Again, marvel616politics.com. Uh, email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail. Uh, you know what? That's yours. I stepped on your toes. No, Twitter. Um, <laughs> at 616politics. Um, jump into conversations as we talk to some of these creators. And um, that's where we meet them all and talk to them all. So um, feel free to jump aboard. They want to know what our fans want to know. So uh, it's all you, buddy. Yeah, give us a call at 616-755-TINA. I'm going to be looking for a new co-host as mine is about to go get a job with Marvel. We'll be taking auditions by you guys calling and letting us know, letting me know your opinions on stuff. If you love Storm and you hate the century, then you are hired. <laughs> you need you need somebody to balance you out. <laughs> you need to be careful. <laughs> 616-755-TINA. Or shoot us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvel616politics. All right, thank you. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics. Hold on just a second. What? Are you talking to me? You, I'm talking to Deidre. You can't say anything, okay? You want to be in here with me? <laughs> okay. All right. Come here. Here, shut the door. All right. Here, you can s- sit down. Okay, just sit right here, okay? Okay. What you got that? Okay. Shh, shh, shh. You can't say anything, okay? Okay, just listen, just listen.